0: Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event. And we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only to apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Guys show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives and I'm Damien Kristoff.
2: And I'm Brett Hill. And it's the two of us, Brett-o. I know. We yeah. asked Lawrence. He said, yes, I can't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can't
1: be there. That means no, I will be there. So I uh, we... We Lawrence did get off to a flying start. He was part of the first few shows um, of 2016, which we obviously gave him an award for um, because that's quite, <laughs> quite an effort to have Lawrence on uh, a couple of shows in a row. So, um, But it's you and me today, Bretto, and I want to share with the audience that this is a very special episode. And uh, and today, Brett, I'm going to be interviewing you about your new book, Nourish Without Nagging, and your new ebook. I'm I'm really excited about this book, and I do remember reading this. It seems like forever ago, and uh, and loving it, and thinking, oh my gosh, this is something that everybody should be reading, particularly those who have got kids. And uh, so, you know, buddy, congratulations on yet another
2: book. You're an unbelievable <laughs> author. I don't know how you do it. Well, I'm pretty excited about this one. This one was probably one of the easiest ones to write because I was just so excited about it. It's just a topic that I'm so passionate about that I just it just wanted to get it out there. I had so much stuff that I wanted to add in there. There's so much stuff that I've learned along the way and and worked on with my kids and you know trial and error with my kids and and heaps of other kids of people who've worked with me and in the practice and stuff as well. And, uh, and so it's just been an absolute labor of love. I've loved putting this book together and I'm ridiculously excited to be able to share it with people now because um, it's just exciting. It's exciting already seeing parents reading the book, using the book, the changes that it's made within them and their families within the space of like parents contacted me telling me within the space of a week they've been t- able to totally turn around their kids eating has blown even me away. Um, and so it's so exciting. That's amazing. So, obviously, I mean, the release date of this
1: particular book was the 19th of January, and as this goes to air, the book's already been released, but it's not the 19th of January yet, so you've given it to a few people already, and they've just, you know, run with it and gone,
2: this is so cool. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to make sure it was all good. I wanted to make sure it was all accurate. I wanted to make sure it all worked. And so, you know, I've uh, I've had it run by a psychologist who's Carrie Casey Thompson. No, uh, I've got that wrong. Yeah, well, Thompson Casey. She's thank uh, you. She's <laughs> she fantastic. As I said it, I went, "That's not right."
1: Well, she's um,
2: um, even though she is
1: the abnormal psychologist from uh, the Wellness Couch and runs that podcast, the abnormal psychologist. She is incredible. She's lovely. She's far from abnormal. I think. Yeah.
2: Um, she's she's just, a legend. Yeah, so she's, she's
1: just she's, off the curve in terms of she's not your standard psychologist. She does things differently but gets amazing results. She's fabulous.
2: Yeah, so she was able to give me amazing feedback and she gave me some really good pointers on just little tweaks I could make in terms of how things were communicated and making sure... Because I was really particular. I mean, this is such a... Um, an important topic, but it's also such a challenging topic because you know you want to help your kids eat healthy, but you also want to make sure that you're making sure the kids have a healthy relationship around food, and they're not getting obsessive about it, or they're not feeling guilty about it, or pressured about it, or, or any of those sort of things. So That's it was right. really important for me to make sure I got it right. So I got a. Uh, I got a psychologist to look over it, made sure that it was absolutely spot on. I got you know experts like yourself and Cindy O'Meara to look over it for me. I don't um, know
1: why you did, Cindy. I don't. Really <laughs>
2: <know>. <laughs> oh, how about that, Cindy? Oh, you, you two are like my biggest food gurus. I was she, like, right, I'll just go straight to the top, ask the best to have she, a look at it. So you guys it, gave me yeah. some great feedback and, and information about it, and obviously some great reviews about it, which is awesome, which I'll be able to share with everyone. And, and she wrote um, the forward, you know. She wrote and Cindy the forward, yeah. wrote an amazing forward. Actually, yeah. made me cry. So. That was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty amazing. Um, and then I shared it with the, with some mums as well. So just you know, about four or five mums who I knew really well who were on They kind of they basically they were mums who had begged me. They knew the book was coming and they kind of contacted me and said, "Look, I know it's not published yet, but can I have a read?" Mm. And so I was able to share it with them and then get feedback from them about what worked and what didn't work and what they liked and what they didn't like and how it worked with them and their family. And it was amazing. It was just overwhelmingly positive. And uh, like I said, it actually blew me away. So I did get some mums to try it out and to make sure that I'd gotten it all just right before releasing it to the public. So it's, uh, there have been some people who've had the lucky uh, opportunity to see it earlier. and uh, And for everyone else, well, by the time this recording goes live, you'll all be able to get hold of it right now, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah,
1: that's right. And we won't tell you where to get it from until... We've finished our podcast. We don't want you to like, race off and just check out. You've got you to stay listening because there's some really good stuff coming up. So. But um, yes, mate, well done. Congratulations. It is an interesting thing because no parent wants to do anything wrong. So everything you decide for your children is the right thing for your children, right? So if you just go down to any playground and have a listen to the conversations that actually go on, or even if you're a parent and you have a conversation with somebody else, what somebody else is actually doing generally is what they feel is the best thing for their child. No one actually ever goes out and does something that's not the right thing for their child, particularly if they love and care for their child, right? They just want to do the right thing all the time. And so they hate to be made to feel wrong. And this is, I think, probably one of the... The the biggest things that we face with uh, with all health decisions, whether it be to go to a certain school, or whether it be to feed your children a certain way, or if it's to follow particular health practices, if you go see the chiropractor, or whatever, like you never want to be seen to be doing the wrong thing um, yeah. or not doing enough for your children. So it is a bone of contention. And so, good on you, mate, for writing a book that you know caters to that and protects people's. Um, i suppose feeling and and pride and 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 uh, i suppose security around that they're doing the right thing for their children.
2: Yeah, and that was a real big focus with the book was not around telling people or well, not around telling parents how they have to do things or what they should be feeding their kids. So there's actually nothing in the book about what you should eat. Um it's all about how to get your kids to eat what you want them to eat. So whatever that is for you, you know, and and i think there wouldn't be a single parent on the planet who doesn't have something that they know would be good for their kids, that they'd like their kids to eat, um, that, they'd, that they'd like to have some tools to help them do that, and and whatever that is for you, whatever diet you choose to follow, whatever eating plan you have, whatever you know, whatever food you like to eat, um, then having some strategies to help you, um, and you know, some of them you may love, some of them you may not work for you and your family, and that's cool too. But there's just there's heaps of strategies in there that do work that can help you get that stuff that you want to get into your kids, into your kids. Um, and more importantly, get your kids wanting to get that stuff into them, rather than you having to be the, you know, the nagger, the briber, the dictator, trying to get them to get it in. But actually, help your kids understand why they would want to do it. And that's the massive shift that occurs in the book. Yeah, it's nice, you know,
1: particularly when you're trying to feed your kids fermented kale and cod liver oil smoothies. Like it just kind of (laughs) (laughs) just doesn't go down too well. But um, now, look, let's not beat around the bush here because this is an instructional book. So it's a book that actually gives instructions on how to do things. So it's don't expect to have a read that's going to be, oh, nice and light and fluffy and it's not going to really lead you anywhere and there's no actionable steps like your first book how to eat an elephant and now this book you know they're really they are actionable steps and it it actually will take the reader through um, how to achieve certain things but you start the book off really well which I like and it's the what not to do the seven common mistakes that parents make and how to avoid them which I think is a really it's a great way to introduce the fact that this is an instructional book Um, it's a book that you can follow through as a process and that if you implement the book and the guidelines within the book then um, you should expect to see some change in your children so I really like that. That. So, what are the
2: seven common mistakes that people make,
1: mate?
2: Well, there is seven of them. Do you want me just to list them, or do you want me to go into each of them a little bit?
1: No, well, I think I mean, look, just for the purposes of time, we could probably
2: only just go into it just for a little bit. But don't, <laughs> that's what I was I mean, going to say. We you, could, you we could, actually,
1: uh... yeah, you want people to, you know,
2: you want people to go and buy your book, mate. But, um, <laughs> let's just quickly oh, talk I about just, what they are. We just want to get the information out there, but we have only got half an hour. So, the things I talk about not to do. Number one is don't beat yourself up. You know, and we just spoke about that, didn't we? That as a parent. It's hard and there's challenges, and no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You aren't perfect. Lawrence isn't perfect. You know, you're never going to do it perfectly. So don't beat yourself up about it. It's not helping anyone beating yourself up. In fact, you know, you want to teach the whole point here is you want to teach your kids healthy relationships about food. And so, you know, if you're beating yourself up about what you're doing with food, then you know maybe you're passing that on to your kids as well you know so so don't beat yourself up just look for the opportunities and there's heaps of opportunities within this book to do stuff a bit differently okay the second yes. one i talk about is nagging your kids so what that doesn't know, work it doesn't work it doesn't work <laughs> you know so nagging them guilting them bribing them tricking them These are all strategies we use because we love our kids and we want to get good stuff into them. The problem with it is if you teach your kids that they have to do it because you nag them or because you bribe them or because you trick them, then you're always going to have to nag them, bribe them or trick them to get them to eat the food. (laughs) So if you're not teaching them why they would want to do it and getting them involved in the process, getting them motivated to want to do it for themselves, then you're setting up that cycle of having that exact same conversation, perhaps that exact same argument every single dinner time. Well, actually, um,
1: I talk about that in my Power of Food talk, mate, Um, you know, where eating behaviors actually originate from, and eating behaviors originate from the first zero to seven years. So it's your first seven years of life where you're sort of laying down the foundations of the rest of your life in those first seven years. And the whole food-based reward thing, you know, the food bribe. Is yeah. probably one of the most dangerous things that we could do, and I think because taste and food and the sensation of satiation, the you know the chemical interaction between food and the neuro, neurology of our body, that, that whole feeling feels so good. It's easy to bribe children with food, but it you know as you say here, um, it actually does set up some challenges for you, makes things worse, and then it sets up an eating behaviour or an eating disorder that many people struggle with, which is you know potentially obesity, which I talk about in the power of food. Yes. It's good that you're
2: writing about it in here, mate. Good work. Absolutely. And that comes up a little bit more in point five, which I'll get to in a sec as well. But point three was telling your kids they can't eat something. Mm. So rather than telling your kids they can't eat something, just talk to them about the consequences of eating certain foods. So it's like you get to choose what you want to eat, but if you eat this. This is what will happen. If you eat that, this is what'll happen. This is what you can expect. Or perhaps eat it and let's talk let's notice how you feel. You know, talk to them about what happens after they've eaten it that day, the next day. So, you know, rather than just being like, no, you can't have it, it's more about having a conversation, giving them an informed choice about what they're doing, but then letting them have the choice, because that's really important for them. Mm. Now obviously there's you know, there does have to be a limit to there somewhere, and this is where this gets really tricky, right? Because if your kids are like, well, I want to drink arsenic. You don't go, yeah, fine, go for it. It's your choice. Have a limit, but you bit. might die. But hey, go for it. Right? <laughs> so there is a limit there somewhere, and, and the trick is kind of figuring out where that limit is. But you know, as much as you can, letting your kids figure that out for themselves and informing them so that they can make an informed decision around that is, is a better, longer term process rather than just saying no, you can't have it. Mate, do you think um, that um you've got to. A- you've got to start off by having some kind of value around
1: food and value around it. You know, for example, let's say, for example, we've got a family who, you know, eat not really great food. There's three children, two adults. Um, They might have pizzas quite frequently and maybe some, you know, kids fat in your kitchen, um, KFC stuff every now and then. And they they just, you know, they kind of, they they struggle teaching children now how that food's going to make them feel because they're used to it. So how how does someone who's already got a reasonably ordinary diet help their child to check in with how they're feeling as a result of the uh, of, of of that bad
2: food? Well, well, all you can do is just pay attention and notice. You know, so regardless of what your diet is, there, there's some stuff within the week. You know, I hope that that is actually. Okay. Or or not as bad. Right? And so, you know, when when you are eating the right stuff, um, then then just notice try and notice the difference. Just mm. try and and it starts as a parent. You know, it starts with yourself. Just notice what happens to you when you do eat, you know, KFC versus when you do have, I don't know, maybe a salad, or maybe it's just a sandwich, or maybe it's just, you know, just something home cooked even perhaps. Mm. Um you know, just just start noticing the differences and, and when we start getting this Strategies of what to do. You know, one of the things is just you know just start adding in first. You know, just add in something simple. And you know, when you do just add in that one thing, just just pay attention and start noticing. And you know, do I feel different when I do that? You know, Damien would say, do I am I poos different when I do that? You know, <laughs> is my energy different? Is my mood different? You know, do just I fart less. Just start paying. Yeah, exactly. So just start <laughs> paying attention. Um. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there are things that you can do even if you come here for a low base. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the fact. That Probably the lower the base you're coming off with, of, the more things there are you can do. You know, there's, there's way more opportunities for you and, and way more options for you to start adding something in that's going to make a difference. Well, it's good that you say that because my
1: son Jack, you know, he's 15 now and he's faced with a lot of different food choices. He's got a lot of independence, he's got his own money. Um, and so he goes into the city with his mates, and his mates will often buy a McDonald's. And Jackson still doesn't buy a McDonald's, um, he, he, he doesn't want to eat it. So he'll, he, admittedly, he'll go next door to Subway. Um, but he, he actually knows that eating McDonald's is not good for him. He doesn't feel good for McDonald's and he feels bloated and sick. And so because we taught him what it feels like to eat that food, um, by making him aware he was, uh, he's now able to make better decisions. So
2: that tactic works. That's awesome. I love that, Damo. Well done, mate. And you know, that's, that's what I hope for with my book. You know, if there can be kids making those choices and as you said, those kids, they're still going to go off the rails sometimes. They're still going to be be teenagers and they're going to experience it and they're going to do different stuff. But the great thing is if they have this knowledge of how to judge it and how to, you know, notice how they feel, then you hope that at some stage they're going to come back again and go, well, you know, I remembered when I was doing that, I felt pretty good. You know, now I'm noticing when I do this, you know, I feel different. And you know they'll have a period where peer pressure and age and you know they just want to you know be themselves they want to express their own personality and that's a good thing um, but you just hope that by giving them grounding, by teaching them the why behind the how, that that's going to set them up in a good stead for the rest of their life to be able to get back on track as well, and and to make healthier choices. You know, the subway instead of McDonald's. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's really important. And look, you know, as they get older, there's more things that
1: change. So you can look at skin for kids as well. So or for, yeah. adoles- for adolescents. Nice, far out, mate. This podcast so, is flying. Um, so let's
2: the get one? let's let's quickly go into some more not to do. So the yeah. next one is label. all right? So don't don't say that's bad food. Food. That's yuck food. That's you know. So because what happens is by labeling the food, the kids take that on as labeling themselves. So if you tell a child that what they're choosing to eat is a bad food, they will hear that and hear I'm a bad kid. Okay. So you can You don't label the food. You don't say that's bad food. You say, look, when you eat this food, this is what will happen. So it's just just talk to them about the consequences, but you don't have to actually label the food as bad. Okay. Oh, that's um, interesting. Hmm. The other one we spoke about is creating positive links with unhealthy foods. Okay. So you were talking about that before, and, you know, just be conscious of. What links? You know, what are you teaching your kids? Are you teaching your kids that, you know, whenever they've achieved, I mean, you know, the classic is like the junk food voucher at sport, right? Whenever you achieve at sport, you get junk food. You know, don't teach your kids that if ever they want to celebrate something, then they have to eat junk food, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have fun and exciting stuff at their birthday party or when they've succeeded and done well, but you're just having a different conversation with them. It's not, well, it's okay to eat this because you've done well. It's, well, you can have this sometimes and it's sometimes food and these are the consequences and this is why we don't do it all the time. Right. So, the other one is always go, don't always go for the quick fixes. All right. So we talked about the quick fixes, which are really the nagging, the guilting, the bribing, the tricking, the you know those things that might get you the result in the short term, but aren't actually teaching your kids the behaviours for the longer term. Um, and then the final one is just don't lose control. So there's a fine balance here between wanting to empower your kids and and help your kids um, make their own choices and get healthy food. But then the opposite end of that is, well, you just let your kids go open the slather and eat whatever they want and buy whatever they nag you to buy. And, you know, you've got to still create an environment there that creates the opportunity for them to be able to get some healthier stuff in as well. So you've got to keep that balance and that can be tricky sometimes. So those are my what not to do's. But, you know, I think much more important in terms of the book and in terms of well, just the whole process is the what to do's. Yeah, because that is important. This is what, what do you implement? What, do you, what are the things that you do? What are the
1: positive steps that you can take? Obviously, yeah. you can withdraw things, but what are the yeah. positive things that you can take and put into um, a child's lifestyle and you know, a child's learning experience? What are those yeah. things? There's 10 so, tips. I, I noticed, I look at how to eat an elephant and there wasn't a round number and you've got 17 tips in this book. So yeah. I think you don't really care about numbers.
2: I don't. I don't. I, I always kind of, well, maybe I should make it up to 21 because that's what people who write ebooks do. You know, it's like do 11 they? or 21 or really? 101, or those seem to be the popular numbers. I don't know. <laughs> So, but I was like, nah, I, I had 17. 17. And yeah. that was how many I had. And so that's how many goes in the book. I, yeah. I didn't want to make some up just for the sake of packing out numbers. Yeah. So, the, the, <laughs> the first one we've spoken about was focusing on the long game, you know, not just the short, quicks, but focusing on where they're going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years' time. And so that's about not necessarily about getting the wrong right food into them now, but it's about teaching them how to choose the right food and how to make choices that are going to help them get what they want out of their life. That's focusing on the long game. The the real key in terms of the book is the second one, which is teaching them why they should love to eat healthy food, and that's where it really becomes the game changer. So, what you've got to do is you've got to sort of separate yourself from your motivation for getting your kids to eat healthy, right? Because I'll be like, "Well, I want my kids to eat healthy because I don't want them to get chronic diseases when they get older," right? Now, you tell that to your five-year-old kid, he doesn't care. Just it's just not interested. It's not in their headspace. It's not in their time frame. It's not it's not what they're interested in. So, you know, I talk to my kids, and it might be about. You know, just running fast it might be about being able to grow up and play sport. it might be about doing well at school. it might be about being able to dance like a beautiful ballerina, you know whatever it is that they 're motivated by at the time is about helping show them how them eating healthy is going to get them what they want out of life, and it might just be as simple as. I don't want to feel tired and grumpy. You know, I want to have energy to play in the playground. You know, whatever it is, you can talk to them about the benefits to them in their language and in their motivators um, so that they want to take the option of eating the healthier food because they realize that they get a better benefit out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, loads of sense, mate. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. And it totally changes the conversation. You know, it gets you away from the the constant nagging. It kind of it takes it away from it being a battle at the dinner table, and mm. it becomes teamwork at the dinner table. You know, you're, you're working together to help achieve a common goal, which is the goal that they want. And you are actually on their side, helping them, helping show them, and inform them, so that they can make an informed choice to get there, which is really fun and really exciting. Yeah, oh, I love that. That's really good. That's clever, mate. It's good and um, just I think you, that know, word... you know what's funny about this book, Damo, is. You know, a lot of the stuff that's ended up going into this book is stuff that I learned from wanting to help people in chiropractic practice, wanting to help people get more well and, and with their wellness journey, of actually wanting to teach stuff to adults. And and what I realized as I went through the journey was that you can actually use all those same tools and tricks, you know, things like you remember I don't know if, I think you've probably read this book too, Damien. There's a book called The Psychology of Persuasion by a guy called Cialdini. No, never read it. Fascinating book. It goes into like all how, how marketers and religion and all different groups, how they persuade people to do things and how they, you know, the, the different rules and principles of persuasion. Fascinating read. Yeah. Um, really interesting. But, but it's, what's amazing is all those tools that you can use for communicating with adults you can actually use for communicating with kids. you just need to change the language and change the you know understand that they have a really different why um, and then the other thing that I found really fascinating as I went through this book is I realized as I was delving into it further and finding even more tricks, particularly stuff you know particularly related to kids, is that I realized all of the tools and tricks that you can use to help motivate kids. Actually, then work for adults too. You could, so you can actually <laughs> use this book to get your dad to do stuff healthier. That's kind of cool. Um, so that was really interesting. Anyway, yeah, yeah nice. Know. Okay, that's good, man. I really like it. I really like this a lot. That's good. Uh, what's next, big guy? Well, we spoke before about you know judging food how you feel after, not before or during, and and that's really important because you know particularly when you're a kid, you know munging down on a you know Big Mac or a Mars bar, it can feel really good at the time. You enjoy the taste and the the flavour and the sugar and all those things. Um, so, so helping kids understand that how you feel after is just as important is a really important thing. Yeah. I think role modeling healthy food, which is the next one, is, is one of the biggest ones and, and it starts right from the start. So you can role model healthy food in your garden in terms of getting into the garden, growing some herbs, you know growing some vegetables. You, know, you can role model healthy food by taking your kids with you to the markets or the supermarkets, and having them help you pick out. What veggies you're going to put in the stir fry, or you know, whatever it happens to be, you can you can role model it by getting your kids into the kitchen and getting them to help you chop up and help you prepare the meal. Um, obviously, you role model it by what you eat, and your kids are going to look far more at what you do than what you say. You know, they see right through you, and anyone who's a parent's going to know that that's true. So, Absolutely. you know, getting your kids involved in the whole process, and that fits into you know some of the principles we're talking about in, in that book, the Psychology of Persuasion. You know, one of the things they say is if you can get people involved in just one little action one little step towards the journey then they're much more likely to take the next step and then the next step so you know if your kids aren't eating a particular herb or vegetable maybe start by getting them to grow it and once they've grown it and they've spent months watering it and doing all those things then they're much more likely to want to take the next step of just trying it a little bit and seeing how it goes so you could do, I mean, you could do that or plot. just put them in the naughty corner right yeah. No, <laughs> no don't that do that. i just, <laughs> just joking. I'm
1: just joking. So then, but i But can I just say something to that? Yeah. When Jack was going through a phase, like Jack went through a phase um, probably when he was two and a half years old, um, approaching three. Yeah, probably two and a half years old. He said, I'm not going to eat that, Dad. I'm not. I'm not going to eat it. I won't eat it. Mm. And I said, mate, we, we're going to eat it together. And he goes, no, I'm not eating it. I don't like it. And I go, oh. Really? But you liked it last week? He goes, I never liked it. I just (laughs) ate it. And so this kind of, you know, kept on going for a number of years. Um, It wasn't just a terrible twos or a terrible threes or four, you know, or five or six or seven. It it just kept on going. And like every year, there seems to be a new food that Jackson has never liked but has decided that right now is the time that he's not going to eat it. So. We're, and we're he's 15 now, so obviously you're always going to have battles. You're not only going to have children that are going to go, oh, yeah, I'll eat everything that you eat, Dad. Oh, I'll eat everything that you eat, Mum. And, uh, and so it's not always going to be smooth sailing. So
2: no.
1: I've always said to Jackson, you need to choose. If you're not going to eat everything that I need you to eat or would like you to eat, you need to choose – four to six vegetables that you are going to eat with that particular meal. So when he was really young, um, I used to say three. Um, then as he got a bit older, I'd say four or five. And now I say, you know, five or six. Um, but these days we always make sure that he's involved in the selection of the things that go into the salad or the things that go into um, right. our vegetable mix, you know, in terms of stir fries or coleslaw making the thermix mix or whatever we're doing, right? So we just, we make sure that he's involved in that um, because even at 15, they can be selective and say, and they push all the kale aside and he goes, I don't like the way you chopped that, Dad. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'll go, okay, Jack, how am I going to chop the kale tonight because I need you to eat it. So tell me, what are we going to do? He goes, oh, can you chop it smaller? And I go, okay. And then he'll eat the whole lot. So <laughs> it's, um, it's often just you know, involving them in that so that they, you know, they feel part of their, their, yeah, that, that process. Yeah,
2: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect example. Exactly what we're talking about. I love it. Go. Good work. There you go. So I we spoke have read about we spoke about focusing what you can add in first, right? Yes. So it's always easier to add in than take away. So yes. add in stuff first. Yep. The next one we talk about is when you make exceptions, tell your kids why. Okay. Mm. So you know, it's it's not just that you know we just happen to have you know cake this evening. It's well we had cake this evening because it was someone's birthday and and we do that every now and then when it's someone's birthday we want to celebrate. We have some cake. You know we know that cake isn't good for us. We don't you know if we eat it all the time then this is what might happen. Um. And so that's why we don't do it all the time, but we do do it sometimes because it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to have some stuff sometimes, right? So exceptions are fine but just talking to your kids about why and talking about why it's an it's a rare exception not an all the time exception you know because the easiest thing in the world is to have a you know an exception that goes from once a year to once a month to once a week to once a day to once a meal you know like yeah. it's so easy just to slide so but if if they understand why you know why we don't do it all the time then they're okay with that and they're happy with that you know they're happy to to know that they do get to have it sometimes but it's just not all the time. Yeah, nice. So I think that's really important. Yeah, I think
1: that's a really good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's just education around it and framing it, making yeah. sure that they're involved in that um, understanding as well because it's nice yeah. to have kids just listen and do, but it's
2: way better if they listen and learn. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's what the book's all about, Damo. I, I couldn't have put that better. That is a, that's a perfect sentence. I think that sums it up. I might use that. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, so the next one we talk about is having a routine. Um, you know, kids just love routines. You know, they love stability. They love to know what's going to happen next. They feel so much more settled. They feel so much more prepared. It makes everything so much easier. So just have a routine. You know, have a healthy routine where you sit down with your kids. You know, I, well, I think ideally you sit down with your kids. You have meal times together. You have conversations around that. You know, you have it at a set time. They know what to expect. Those sort of routines just make it easier for kids to, like I said, to, to know what to expect, to know what's expected of them, and to and to just jump and be on board with the whole process. So having a routine is really cool. I think it's really so, good. You see that around behaviors with kids. You know, you often see you know kids
1: who are well-behaved uh, versus poorly-behaved children. And you speak to the parents, and some of the parents will say, oh, he just doesn't like to go to sleep at 7.30 at night, or he just doesn't yeah. like to sleep at whatever. And it's not about letting the child have the decision or the opportunity to make a decision. It's not. Like, children need framework and guidelines and barriers and boundaries. They need all that for their safety. They grew up inside a uterus. You know, that's a wall. And so they need that before they're set free.
2: So. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? You can use all the same strategies in the book. So you can talk to them then about why sleep's important for them. Yep. You can talk to them the next day when they're tired and grumpy or when they're sleeping when they want to be playing in the playground or yeah. you know, when they're just not functioning well and you can talk to them about that and say, "See, this is what happens when you don't sleep. Do you notice the difference? Do you notice you're tired? Do you notice you're grumpy? Do you notice you're, you know, you're getting emotional?" Maybe that's because you didn't get a great sleep last night. That's why I love to get you to sleep at you know, 7.30 or in my case, whatever the time is for you. That's why I love to get you to sleep on time at that time because I know that that means you're going to have a great day tomorrow and so once you help them understand how that's going to help them achieve what they love to achieve, it just changes the game. It changes. I literally had this conversation with my kids the other night so it's fresh in my mind. It's fresh. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Nice. So, the other one is surround your kids with fun, healthy options, right? So you want your kids to understand that they don't have to choose between fun or healthy. <laughs> you know, They don't have to choose between tasty or healthy. They can actually have both. And, and these are the sort of conversations I have with my kids. Like It'll be like, yeah, we could eat that cake or we can go home and I'll make you a cake that is you know, just the same, like the same style of cake, but it's a healthier option with healthy ingredients. Now, if you have this one, you're going to feel great while you eat it. But you might not feel so good tonight, you might not feel so good tomorrow. If you have this other one, you're not only going to feel great while you eat it but you'll actually feel great tonight, you'll feel great tomorrow, you'll feel great for the next week because it's nourishing your body, giving your body lots of healthy, good stuff. And so you can have a conversation then where you frame that for your kids so that they understand that that they can get the best of both worlds. They can actually have fun things. You know, My kids often do it to me now. They'll pull something up in a supermarket and they'll, for instance, pull up a bag of like Jelly Babies and be like, Dad. Can you do a healthy version of these? right? And so I then go home and I do gelatin gummies and I make them with fruit and I let them pick out what fruits they want, what colors they want it to be, all that sort of stuff. And I make them these healthy options that are just as fun but don't have the negative effects on them and they love that. That makes sense to them. They get it. It's amazing how even little kids, they get it. It's really cool. Well done, mate. Well, in the last 60 seconds of this podcast, tell us the last two. Easy. All right. So <laughs> second last one is healthy rewards. Okay. So rewards don't have to be food. Okay. You mm-hmm. can create, help, rewards can be quality time. Rewards can be time spent outdoors doing fun activities, playing sport, doing, you know, all sorts of, it's all reading a book. There's all sorts of different fun things you can do that can be rewards. So you don't have to have rewards as food and you can do that without, and then you're not creating those links with food and reward that you may not want to create. The last one Keep trying. You know, as you said before, Damo, they change. You know, as soon as you think you've got them sorted out, they change their mind about what they like, about how they want to do it, about what they want to eat, yep. and their tastes change all the time. All so just the because time. they didn't like the food yesterday doesn't mean they're not going to like it tomorrow. So just keep trying. You know, so many times you hear the parents say, "My kid doesn't eat that." You know, don't offer it to him; he won't eat it. It's like, well, let's just offer it to him and see what happens. Just just stay curious and and just keep trying it. And who knows, one day they might just go, "Yep." I'll give it a go. So just stay flexible. Keep trying. Understand that they're going to change. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it's tiresome sometimes. But you just keep going. And the rewards are well and truly worth it in the long run. Oh, great, great advice, mate. Great advice. Beautiful.
1: Mate, I tell you what, there'll be a lot of people pulling over their car right now or stopping their jog to log on or to at least write this website down where they can actually get it from. And ideally, everybody, it'd be good for you to go to the show notes, which would mean that you go to the ca- uh, com and go to the wellness guys and then look at the show notes because in the show notes will be a link and yep. uh, you better click through there. Um, if you want to, if it's easier for you to remember, then you can go to drbredhill.com and you can check out uh, the book and all the other range of products that Brett has on his website. You can do the forward slash shop and that will take you straight to his shop and then you can see all the other wonderful things that Brett endorses and uh, and recommends for people so you can check all that out. But Brett,
2: thanks so much, mate, for doing all the hard work and getting that book out. Thanks, buddy. I'm excited. I look forward to hearing people's feedback. I hope people share it because it's it's just a message that I just really want to get out there. So I hope they share it with their friends and family because it's such an important message. Mate, for
1: $9.95, it's a bargain at twice the price and I think that people should be out there getting it. So good on you. Congratulations, mate. Thanks, now, buddy. Everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com, The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. If you see Lawrence in the street, tell him to come back. Uh, subscribe to our <laughs> And iTunes and while you're there leave us a 5 star rating give us a comment until next week begin creating wellness into your lives Lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the Wellness Guys show
2: we hope you enjoyed this Wellness Couch podcast brought to you by Audible do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch well Audible might just have the answer Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service you can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type while we get fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even the Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook.
0: This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com.